What's going on, CFE fam? I am back with a very special guest that I have the privilege of speaking with today, physical therapist Haley Holder. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for having me in. Oh, you're very welcome. I appreciate your time. Um, I'm doing good. So uh, we just recently met and uh, you were telling me that, um, you know, obviously you're a physical therapist in town. Where do you work exactly? I work for, for Select Physical Therapy. Um, we do have two locations here in Dixon. Okay. Um, we have one across the street from the high school and one across um, from the Renaissance Center in um, the Crestview Park location. Okay. And which one are you at? I'm at the one across from the high school, the Hillview location. Awesome. Yes. How long have you been there? Um, I have been with Select for almost nine years, um, same as what I have been a physical therapist. Uh -huh. um, I came into Dixon fresh out of physical therapy school, um, and I haven't left. I've loved the community. Um, I love the doctors here. I really support um, kind of everything that Dixon has to offer, um, and I've been so happy to be able to give back to this community um, for almost nine years now. That is so awesome, and we appreciate what you do. Um, where did you go to school at? physical therapy school? Um, I went to Belmont. Um, okay, so nice. um, I'm from Illinois originally. <clears throat> um, I did my undergrad in California for four years, and then I came to Nashville and finished up my graduate schooling at Belmont University. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I was uh, – so I don't know if you know my story or if, or if you've heard any of the recent podcasts, but my path going through college was I wanted to become a physical therapist. Long story short, I didn't, obviously, because we're sitting here. Um, but – Belmont was definitely on the radar for one of the schools that I was interested yeah. in. So that's congrats to you for, you. you know, going through that. Um, so you've been a physical therapist for nine years. Um, how long you actually, you do CrossFit. I too. do. I do. I'm new to the CrossFit family. <laughs> how new, how long have you been doing it? I've been doing it for about two years now. Um, I, I was very apprehensive initially. I gave it a try. I would say back in 2009, 2010, um, just kind of playing around with it, thinking I'm an athlete, I can do this and jumped into it, wasn't ready for it, was sore for uh, multiple days and, right. you know, the rest was history. Um, didn't really give it much thought until um, I injured my back um, in 2012 um, and have kind of had a roller coaster of time, um, typically could manage it. Um, but then after I had two children, I had two C-sections, uh, the C first C-section, I was in pretty good shape. I wasn't a mom beforehand. I bounced pretty quickly back. I was 26. The third, second C-section, I was 30, didn't bounce back as quickly, right. tried some of, you know, the things that I need to do, um, core strengthening and yoga and, um, had some of my colleagues dry needle me and, um, do a bunch of different things as a physical therapist I thought I needed to do, um, and then all of a sudden I realized I'm not getting any better. And so mm -hmm. um, I had a friend who was avid in the CrossFit community. She said, just give this a try. And so I did. And I vividly remember I'd never done a deadlift a day in my life. Um, I hated them. I thought they were going to hurt your back. I thought they were bad for you. And so the deadlift was on the workout of the day. And I said, okay. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I concentrated and as a physical therapist. I knew what muscles I should be recruiting. Mm. And I remember feeling a muscle recruit that I had never felt before. Mm. I felt my, 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 my multifidi, which are little segmental stabilizers in your back mm -hmm. fire. And it was the first time, I mean, that I had ever really truly felt it. Mm -hmm. um, and under that kind of load, you have to recruit 
everything. Exactly. Um, you can't compensate. You can't really do it wrong if you're lifting truly the heavy load with good form. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember deadlift number three, my back pain went, my back pain went away completely. And I was floored. So awesome. Yeah. Love it. And so, yeah, and, you know, deadlift, obviously, when done incorrectly, can and will hurt your back. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people view it as uh, it, it is absolutely a back exercise, but more from a stability standpoint. You know, the more uh, flexion we see in the lumbar spine, the more ligamentous uh, uh tension we see and and that that should never be there it shouldn't your vertebrae shouldn't be supported by ligaments it should be supported by you know the muscles surrounding and so um that's awesome so how did you how did you know you said you felt uh your muscles fire in a way that they never had before did somebody cue you into that position were you coached like how was your your first deadlift introduction, I guess, because you said you never deadlifted before. Right. Right. I, I mean, I think that the couple different things, um, one, the particular workout that I was doing, it was definitely well coached. Um, mm. the placement of where your heel should be, where your force should be, where your vector should be was all kind of included in that. Um, how your hands should be, um, where the bar should slide up. All of those particular things were cued to me. Um, so I knew that aspect of it. And then just understanding my body in space, um, being a physical therapist for a while, knowing what muscles I should be using and visualizing those muscles to be used. There's a lot of um, neuro support and neural activation just by simply visualizing the correct movement patterns Mm -hmm. before you actually even do the lift. And so I think the combined nature of me knowing my body, me being coached appropriately, um, and then just knowing the muscles that I'm supposed to be recruiting that combined gave for a, a good deadlift form. So awesome. Yeah. We talked to a lot of our new members about like they come in and this is the first gym they've ever been a part of that doesn't have mirrors. Mm-hmm. And the reason being for that is that we are training you literally to, we're training you in the gym to be better out of the gym. Mm-hmm. And so without the the mirrors and the feedback, you have a better understanding of this proprioception, right? Like mm-hmm. your brain and your muscles are having the same conversation yes. um, versus every, you know, every time you drop something on the ground and try to pick it up, yes. or if you have to pick something heavy up in life, you don't always have these mirrors or this feedback where it's like, oh, where's my back at? You know, and looking at your at your positioning. And so, yes, we are developing um, that neural adaptation of brain muscles having the right conversation, not two different ones. Yes. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that that kind of from then on, any any back pain or did that kind of stop it from there? Um, I notice if I go on vacation or if I go for more than a week without doing any kind of heavier lifting or CrossFit-based workouts, mm-hmm. um, I will have back pain come back. So um, the, the theory of once you have back pain, you'll always have back pain. I kind of do support in the sense that um, you ne- you can't necessarily reverse that back injury. However, you can recondition your back, you can strengthen, and you can support those neural adaptations, mm-hmm. the proprioception, the good functional movement patterns in order to prevent it from happening in the future. Right. Um, it's a large maintenance game. Absolutely. You know? and, and we talk a lot with our new clients coming in and even uh, existing clients that are doing one-on-one training with us a lot about uh, this load versus capacity relationship. And what a lot of people miss is that 
when they when they have these nagging injuries where it's like, oh, I know every time I snatch, my shoulder hurts. Mm-hmm. And, and we're missing this component of the load building up to that. We have a, these subset of pre-existing conditions that are, you know, general wear and tear that, you know, we can't change. Everybody's going to experience some sort of like rotator or rotator cuff tear or like a, a disc herniation or something like that. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of people walking around in the world that have those issues that aren't in pain. So that's not it. Um, there's the, the stress diet and sleep. And we, we deem that the hormonal balance or your recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stacks on top of the wear and tear. And then there's your functional diagnosis. And then that stacks on top. And then there's stress at work and there's stress and like all of these things are adding up and we've, our body can only handle so much. And now when I come in the gym, if I haven't taken care of these pre-existing conditions, mm-hmm. now the snatch hurts. Absolutely. And then, so you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, ah, well, you know, like, you know, what's your sleep like and what's all this? And they're like, well, it's not great, but I just know like my shoulder hurts when I snatch. So then they're going to tell you not to do what? Don't snatch. Don't snatch. Right. And so when in actuality, if we can start to minimize the load uh-huh. of, of pre-existing conditions and work on our recovery more, uh-huh. these the snatch will no longer add up or build to that that certain capacity level. And then our job as coaches is to even try and increase that capacity level so that now your body can handle more. Uh-huh. Um, and we have like this big detailed graph that we kind of draw it out on. It's really hard if you're just listening to this to kind of picture that or visualize that. Um, but that is an approach that we take. So in terms of load versus capacity, I think in the beginning, it's very, um, it's important to understand what is injury and then what is just a lack of recovery, Right. you know, and, and just because my shoulder hurts does not, uh, put me in a position where like surgery is the next step. Absolutely. What is your take on recovery versus like, what is, what does that look like? Like a lack of recovery versus injury. And how do people know how to tell the difference between the two? It's hard. Um, and as a physical therapist, we see that all the time. Um, I have patients who they come in, we have a good workout. They have no pain while they're doing it. The next day I couldn't walk for three days. You hurt me so badly. And, and, and it's, it's really different, difficult to, direct somebody on the difference between delayed onset muscle soreness and actual injury. And typically I would say 80%, 80 to 90% of the time it is that recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, especially people who aren't used to working particular muscles. They're not used to feeling those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I come into the, and this is completely deviating, but the pain pill discussion where, yeah. you know, you are supposed to feel pain. Because pain is is telling your body not to do a particular activity. And typically, if you're doing an exercise in the clinic or in the gym or in the CrossFit, you're going to hurt while you're doing it. And so 90% of the time, you're going to feel, if if it's a true injury, you're going to feel a pop. You're going to feel a strain. You're going to feel that injury happen. If it happens in a delayed time period, you may be dealing with lactic acid, inflammation, just tightness in the muscle, a a trigger point, you know, and and that's where a lot of um, some of our, our, you know, cool modalities come in where we can dry needle or cup and create that instantaneous improvement in those quote unquote injuries, but Mm. they're really more of that recovery of that muscle maybe being worked a little too hard. So it spasms just because it's trying to protect a little bit. It's not truly injured, but it's not working as well as it should be because it's 
fatigued or it it was work. It was loaded, which is what we're supposed to do in order to strengthen it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we uh, we are literally the only species on the planet that when we get, I'm using air quotes, hurt, uh, we just, we just sit out, mm-hmm. you know, we don't move at all And any other species. They keep on going and our bodies are smart. Like you said, they're, they're meant for survival and they're meant for protection. So if, if I notice, uh, or if my body notices or recognizes that there's a potential risk for injury or harm in one area, that's where compensation comes in. These other, um, muscles or what have you are going to start to recruit and fire so that now we're taking over like I know this part's hurt so I'm let me take on more of the load so that that part can heal mm-hmm. um, and then that's where we get into like some strength imbalances and then those present a whole nother right. list of issues and problems right. um, and you know can you get hurt doing CrossFit absolutely right. can yeah. you get hurt playing <clears throat> baseball absolutely yeah. can you get hurt uh, driving a car. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can you get hurt getting out of bed? Yes. yes. Like the point is not, um, that these things can't hurt you. It's how are you prioritizing your balance of, are you recovering like you should? And then are you putting in the work to get better, right. um, from, from a performance standpoint? Yes. And when we look at it, our viewpoint is we, we have these, these two pyramids of, of kind of hierarchical needs and one is for performance and one is for safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and, our mantra is we follow mechanics, consistency, and then intensity. Mm-hmm. That's A, B, and C. It's oh. never in any other order. And as long as we have the mechanics, we know we're going to be safe. As long as we have the consistency, we know now that form technique's not going to break down. We're not going to start deviating or compensating um, too much in one direction. And then now we can add the intensity. And so where these pyramids come into play is for performance, we're looking at what's your nutrition like? Mm-hmm. What's your metabolic conditioning like, what's your gymnastics, your weightlifting and throwing, and then what's your sport component. And all of these are kind of, kind of help us derive this, um, greater, um, attribution towards fitness. And what is that? And then the other pyramid is more the safety aspect. And that pyramid looks like flexibility, mobility, strength, balance, work balance, and then skill set. And where we see a lot of the issues where somebody's like, Oh, I'm injured. Like, no, it's right. no, you're not. You probably have some subtle soft tissue damage or yeah. uh, at the very least, you know, we just have this this load versus capacity relationship. Um, and where we really kind of focus in on is the flexibility, the mobility and the strength balance. If you don't have those first, it's very, very difficult to add more. And everybody thinks that like, oh, to get fitter, I just have to work out more and I have to work out more. And we're just doing more and more and more and more. And now this load versus capacity, and again, we always go back to that, is starting to build up. And so now you're putting yourself at risk for injury, you know, and and at that point, yes, now it is possible, right? right? But we take great pride in not allowing that to happen because we take, um, a lot of precautions coming in mm-hmm. and we are very thorough in kind of how somebody gets started with CrossFit. Right. Um, so starting with CrossFit and we'll speak mm-hmm. about that for a second and don't name any names, but you know, there are good and bad CrossFit mm-hmm. trainers. There are good and bad physical therapists. Mm-hmm. There are good and bad um, accountants. There's good and bad teachers fill in the blank. Um, you had an introductory experience with CrossFit mm-hmm that was, let's just say, probably less than ideal or that may have made you even more apprehensive towards trying it again. Can you talk to me about what that was about? Um, Yeah. So whenever I, back before I had children and I 
tried out CrossFit. Um, I went to a particular gym um, and um, they let me in to try it, which was awesome. Um, I had never lifted heavy weights. Um, I was a cardiac cardio bunny. I, I did dumbbells at the most. Um, and so I picked the weight that my friend was doing cause she's smaller than me. I figured I could do it. And so, um, forgot that she had been doing CrossFit for multiple <laughs> years before then. We always say like, check your ego <laughs> at the door. Right. And that's, that's the biggest thing in my opinion of limiting injury in CrossFit mm-hmm. is Yes, while it's a competitive sport, you're competing against yourself and you need to realize that you aren't going to be able to do what your neighbor's doing. Um, maybe eventually, but you have to you have to size appropriately exactly. and know, you know, when to when is enough for you and don't let the adrenaline get the best of you because then you may be down like I was for a few days. Yeah, we um, we say like it's your training age, you know, mm-hmm. what's your experience level exactly. and, and when you're newer it's very hard to keep yes. up with somebody that's been doing it for nine years, yes. you know? Yes. So, um, so I went in and I did the workout and I'm looking around and, you know, as a physical therapist, I'm like, Hey, this is like the perfect breeding ground for patients. I should just come here and hang out and <laughs> job security. And exactly. Put a, put a sign in sheet and, and we're ready to go. Um, just the, the coaching was lacking. Um, you know, I, I just saw, um, bad, bad squats, bad lifts. You just, I, I was kind of nervous for everybody. Um, I didn't get injured. I mean, I was extremely sore. Um, but, um, so that was part of the reason that kind of jaded me against CrossFit, um, because I saw it as just a, um, it's all about speed. It's all about crazy load and, um, just kind of sloppy work in a sense. Um, and so, uh, I, I, it just wasn't the, the, the greatest experience for me. Um, and then um, as I got a little bit more familiar with the community, um, like you said, all things aren't created equally. Mm-hmm. There's um, different um, good and bad of everything that you can classify. Um, yeah. And sitting talking to you the other day, um, I was super excited uh, because it's something I'm passionate about. And to know that I can confidently um, refer patients here um, after they've created, uh, gotten out of their acute injuries to, to continue a lifelong of health. And that's really what it, what it means to me is, is it's not about, I mean, a lot of people, it's about the competition or, or getting thin or whatever it may be. But at this, I'm, I'm 33 years old at this point of my game, it's about health. Um, Absolutely. I, I see people who are 40 who look and act like they're 70 and I see people who are 70 and look and act like they're 20. And, and the common theme is mobility, sedentary lifestyles. Um, I have seen articles where sedentary lifestyles are worse than smoking. Yeah. Um, get moving in one way or another. Um, and, and, and in my opinion, CrossFit is such a wonderful way to do that. The community here is unlike no other. Um, just that they, they, you guys group together, um, you support each other, you motivate each other, uh, which is just such a great element um, to lifelong wellness. Uh, you look at blue groups. Um, the common theme in blue groups is community, um, is, is what they're eating, which is very similar to a, a healthier kind of CrossFit based diet, Mm. um, with a lot of, um, proteins and, uh, beans and rice and those kinds of things. Um, and then community and, and having camaraderie and somebody to lean on and to support you is so awesome. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that I think, um, we, really strive to keep at the center of our focus is the community aspect because um, if it's not fun and you don't have people to do it with, 
more than likely you're not going to stick with it anyway. So the accountability that you get from that is, uh, is almost priceless in and of itself. And then, you know, like you, we talked about kind of this, uh, you know, there's good and bad of each. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have, you know, the qualified coaches, the expert coaches here to ensure that you are going to receive excellent coaching the whole time that you're here. Um, but, you know, in terms of needs and, and the best way I've ever heard it put is the, the owner and the founder of CrossFit, Greg Glassman, said that, um, you know, our needs don't differ by kind, they differ by degree. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked the other day about like Olympic level athletes and grandparents are literally no different. Mm-hmm. One's training for physical competence and one's training for physical dominance, mm-hmm. right? And the physical competence is going to be more on the grandparent side and the dominance is going to be more on the Olympic level athlete side. Um, and, you know, the Olympic level athlete, let's say like they need to pick up something off the ground. They need to probably pick up something as heavy as possible because they're trying to dominate Mm -hmm. the grandparent that drops their keys and has to bend over and pick it up or a bag of groceries or fill in the blank. They need to be able to bend over and pick it up without throwing their back out. And Mm -hmm. they need to know how to do that. Absolutely. Right. And that's something that we coach and teach here. Same thing with squatting, same thing with pressing or reaching overhead, you know, grandparents grabbing something, out of the out of the cabinet or out of the shelf and an Olympic level athlete has to put something really heavy overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on on both ends of the spectrum, there's still this need for mechanics, yes. consistency and then intensity. Yes. And that's going to be relative to each category and then everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. But when we cycle back around to the training age and when we establish and we have like goal conversations and and what do you truly want out of life Mm -hmm. um we're able to provide that yeah um and we can literally i told you the other day like we have a hundred percent success rate in giving anybody the results that they want we can literally give you anything that you're after but we have a zero percent success rate of doing that with people that aren't committed and don't understand the process of how do we establish this balanced Mm -hmm. lifestyle um when we talked about the pyramids and I said, you know, nutrition and then metabolic conditioning and gymnastics, weightlifting and sport, like it's literally in that order. Mm-hmm. And people look at this as just exercise and without the nutrition yet again, those, that hormonal balance of the stress diet and sleep. Now we're under recovered mm-hmm. and it's not always about, um, I, I use the term like earning sexy. Everybody wants mm-hmm. to come in here and, do the sexy stuff, which is like the ring muscle ups. And mm-hmm. they want to hit the full depth squat snatch, super heavy and handstand walks across the floor. Yeah. Have you earned the right to do that yet by prioritizing your flexibility, your mobility Absolutely. and your strength balance? Yes. And if not, then we've got work to do in other areas. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean don't work out. And that's not what we're saying. But there's, I think, kind of this expectation that just the group class alone is going to do all of that. And it'll get you pretty far, I would argue, but I don't think it's going to do everything. And especially not for the pre-existing condition stuff. Exactly. And, you know, when we talked the, uh, the other day, um, you were saying that you do movement screening. Um, mm-hmm. And as a therapist, we do a lot of that as well. And I think some of the misconceptions, like somebody who is having pain in the shoulder with snatch, is it the shoulder? T- well, obviously it's the shoulder tissue getting damaged, but why is that? Is it because your shoulder's weak? 
Likely not. It's probably because there's something lacking in your glute or your core that you're having to overuse the muscle in your shoulder to get the barbell up. And so, you know, when you go through more of the functional movement screens, um, either with your personalized programs or in physical therapy, um, we see a lot of different things where you may be presenting with pain in a certain joint, but that's not where your problem is coming from. Exactly. It could be coming from the other side that that side's too weak. So you're overusing the the hurtful side, yeah. or it could be because your core is weak and you're having to utilize an appropriate muscle activity to get the work done. And so it's, it's, it's really interesting how the, the body works and it's always not clear cut. Um, and yeah. so that goes back to the doctor who said, well, if it's not church, don't do it. Right. Well, why does that snatch hurt? Because it shouldn't hurt. Um, And just because you're lifting a high load doesn't mean it's going to hurt. What's weak? What can we fix? Yeah. And I think to your point exactly, the easy one that we see a lot of is like, oh, my shoulder hurts when I overhead squat. Mm -hmm. Well, it has a lot to do with your ankles. Mm -hmm. And and they're like, what? That's on the other end of the body. Like, Mm -hmm. what's that have to do with my shoulder? And it's like, well, the knee can't translate forward. You know, the hips can't Mm -hmm. sink back and down. Mm -hmm. And and this is our idea of an Mm -hmm. overhead you know, shoulder position and that load is carrying us down. Exactly. Um, and so that's, you know, yet again, another easy example of like how yes. it's not always what it seems, mm-hmm. but these movement screenings and we do strength balance assessments to decide, are we single leg dominant? Are we mm-hmm. um, single arm mm-hmm. dominant? Are we uh, squat dominant versus deadlift dominant? And we, and we have all these different ways of seeing what is that balance mm-hmm. and then Where's the problem really originating at that's causing the referred pain somewhere else? Exactly. Right. Cool. Um, So really quick before we kind of wrap this up, I just had a a question for you is having your, your knowledge and your expertise in physical therapy, and then you've been doing CrossFit now for two years. What is your biggest takeaway from it personally? And then what would you say to someone that's apprehensive or, uh, intimidated about trying it? Um, so my biggest takeaway personally and professionally is I think that the number one cause of lower quarter issues is the inability to do a functional squat and functional squatting loaded versus unloaded is way differently. You can get down to the floor with bad form when you're unloaded and you're going to continue to facilitate that injury when you are loaded in a safe way, you have to do it appropriately. You can't twist your body over to the right to get down there. You've got to go central um, mm-hmm. or else you're not going to be able to move that load. Um, and so it has changed my ideology on how I treat. I never used to give squats because it hurts people's knees. It hurts their backs. It hurts so this and that. Everyone gets squats now. Love it. Um, and I think that also a misconception, when you get injured, a doctor is going to put you on a restriction. Um, no lifting over 10 pounds. Well, is it the 10 pounds that's the problem or is it your mechanics that's the problem? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as therapists, we're constantly looking on mechanics and people don't understand the proprioception, the body awareness. All of those things go hand in hand. Um, and I just in my experience, I have found that the the heavy lows that CrossFit offers, you know, when done appropriately and, and coached correctly. And it, it, you do have to have kind of a sense of body awareness or develop that body awareness. Exactly. Um, but you can and will do it correctly because you have to. 
Um, now when you start to get really, really fast and, and work through speed, yes, sometimes a form can go. And I think that's sometimes where CrossFit gets quote unquote, the bad name for injury mm. is people who just work too fast for what their own body is ready for. And you do lose a little bit of form. Right. Um, but I think that for somebody who is intimidated or has kind of just continuously heard that, um, CrossFit is bad, CrossFit is bad. I'm here to tell you, I have not had, I have been able to completely manage my pain with CrossFit alone. I was on the treadmill on Monday. I ran, walked three miles and I got off of there and I hurt. So I go and do a CrossFit workout and have had never had a single bit of pain. And I'm on a treadmill for three miles and I hurt. So don't be fearful of it. Um, the the gym here at CrossFit Engage, the, the, the guys here, trainers here are amazing. The coaches here, um, they know what they're doing. They're going to, to, to guide you in the right direction. Um, trust in your body, trust in them um, and do it. Take, take a leap. I did. Awesome, Haley. I appreciate that very much. Thank you again for your time. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk again soon. So awesome. all right, guys, we'll see you next time.